It is March 29th, 1951. We are at the RKO Pantages Theater in Hollywood, California. We've been hosted by Mr. Fred Astaire. It's uh, time for the big award of the evening, the best picture of 1950. The envelope, please. And the winner is... It's all about Eve. Yes, you are damn straight it is. <laughs> damn right it is. Oh, man, I can't wait to dive into All About Eve. I have so many things to say. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh, my gosh. Um, what a year. What I mean, like, goodness. The 40s were great, but, like, we are just starting out with a bang in 1950. We really are. It's kind of like, ugh, gosh, this is such... This is such a big year. 1950 and the next year, too. 51 as well. I just feel like these two years really define the 1950s as a decade. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they really start off with a bang. It's just like there are... Um, there's just a lot of interesting things going on here because of the tone in the films that are nominated for these awards. I mean, uh, let me just like start out by talking about Best Director for a second. Um, because I think if we look at the nominees and best director, you really get an idea of how different 1950 is already. Because oh, yeah. we got Carol Carol Reed for The Third Man. We got Billy Wilder for Sunset Boulevard. We got George Cukor for Born Yesterday. And we got John Huston for The Asphalt Jungle. Joseph Megowitz wins for All About Eve. The Asphalt Jungle, Born Yesterday, Sunset Boulevard, The Third Man, All About Eve. You know... Those are they these are not movies that look at life with any type of optimism. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I haven't seen Born Yesterday, but I I, I think it's more of a biting comedy, right? It is. Absolutely. I will say it ends on a much more positive note than, let's say, Sunset Boulevard does. (laughs) Um, However, the journey you go on um, in Born Yesterday, yeah, there's there is quite a bit to unbox there as well. I mean, even if we're looking over at the best picture nominees, which weirdly two of the nominees are not from the best director category. Can we talk about Father of the Bride for a moment? (laughs) Um. I was about to say, well, I mean, King Solomon's Minds feels like it's a little bit more of a usual nominee because it's like a Technicolor adventure yes. movie. Big budget uh, kind of adventure film. Big yeah. budget. Yeah, very, uh, like, of course it gets nominated because it's the big thing. But Father of the Bride, which, I mean, the original Father, Father of the Bride is a very good movie. Um, it's 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 still not it's it's fun but it's 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 still kind of a pessimistic comedy you know oh definitely um and it's just so interesting that that's what we're that's where our our thoughts are you know it feels like uh it feels like we're coming into the cold war oh yeah i would agree with that i see what you're saying now so i i there's just like so much going on that's the only way i can put it you know we can talk about various categories here. I mean, like uh, in both Best Actress and Supporting Actress, you have nominees from the movie Caged, which is a prison drama, mm-hmm. you know, a women's prison drama. Like what a hard hitting subject for 1950, you know. <laughs> um, but then you also have a, like but there's there's 
there's still a hodgepodge because you also have like Harvey. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Best yeah. actor and winning Best Supporting Actress. And Harvey is a great little movie. That's not the... Listen, let yeah. me tell you something. Harvey is probably my favorite Jimmy Stewart performance. Yeah. Not my favorite movie of his. That would probably go to um, uh, when he goes to Washington. <laughs> you know, whatever his name is. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> you know, when Jimmy Stewart goes to Washington. I love yeah, that, that movie. Was a, that, that was a hard title to think up, Sam. But there is something so genuinely just sweet about his performance in Harvey and so endearing and so mysterious and just like magical about this drunk who can see this big rabbit. I don't know. There's, it's just, but even, you know, let's talk about that though. Even that plot, like that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? So even Harvey is kind of an example of just this kind of a bonkers left field movie, obviously based off of a play. But regardless, like, I just think that's such a goofy premise uh, for, you know, any kind of show. It it works. Again, it really does. It's because of the writing in this case, you know. I think it's Uh, because of the rabbit. And the rabbit, you know. (laughs) So are we saying that Jose Ferrer should not have won Best Actor because Jimmy Stewart needed to win for Harvey instead? Oh my gosh, I I would have been fine with that, honestly. Um, although um, I think that we haven't, we probably are going to agree on who should have won here. I mean, like I haven't seen Cyrano Cyrano de Bergerac, de Bergerac, de Bergerac, Cyrano de Bergerac. I mean, Correct. like it's a classic role. Yes. Um, and you know. Clearly, he put on a nose for this. He sure did. Um, it's in the public. No, I haven't seen it either. Apparently, so apparently you can see it easily. I haven't seen it. I'm sure he does great in it. I'm not. I don't want to discount his performance. It's just that when we start talking about Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. and the fact that this is like, like Cyrano is a straight up comedy, you know. And while yeah. I think, which is I not think, to discount that because comedy is hard. Not. So it, it really truly is, you know. But then you start to get into more of these films like Sunset Boulevard, where it's sort of a cross-pollination of several genres, where it is a drama, but it is also funny. There's a lot of witty humor in Sunset Boulevard as well. You know, a kind of like a dark comedy film noir, yeah, which I think just makes for a more entertaining comedic film, you know? It puts yeah. some bite on it. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, 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 I can agree with that. Um, I'm looking through these, just, I'm just looking through some of the nominees and some of these categories like best and best story and screenplay. Uh, there's a movie called no way out, which is, uh, one of Sidney Poitier's first big films. Oh, okay. And so it's a movie that, uh, deals with, uh, racism. I haven't seen the movie. I just know what it deals with, but I want it. I want to see it just based on the poster. So anyway, um, well, that's great. It's one of his first movies. Oh, it's his first credited. Oh, gotcha. He had some roles as an extra, but it's his first credited film. He plays a doctor in the movie. Okay, gotcha. Um, And he, according to Wikipedia, uh, portrays a doctor tending to slum residents whose ethics are tested when confronted with racism. And it should also be noted, this is also... A Mankiewicz film. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, there's some. I mean, we got like uh, Adam's Rib is nominated for best story and screenplay. Uh, no. 
it's a really interesting like that was a 1949 film it must have like come out so late and not qualified anyway um, you're right but 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 that's ruth gordon and garson kanan wrote the screenplay ruth gordon will later bridge into acting and win an award for acting Um, that she will a very well deserved award but adam's rib deals with like male female politics um a battle of the sexes type battle of the sexes type of thing uh Catherine Hepburn's a lawyer in the movie so there's like some progression there um you have uh uh let's see what else is going on here uh the third man I shouldn't undercut either because it's a great film noir um British film as well Although uh, I will say this, in regards to the third man, what are your feelings of Orson Welles not being included in the acting categories? He is great in that movie. He's fantastic. Uh, and he has maybe one of the best entrances in film history. Um, yes. what's the name of his, hold on, I'm looking at his character's Harry Lime. Yeah. Harry Lime. Uh, I knew he had a good name. Um, it also, third man has one of the best closing shots. Like, once you see oh, yeah. it, you never forget it. Um, well, I mean, take a look at the Cinematography Award. It won the Black and White Cinematography Oscar. It. It's so beautifully shot. Yeah, I would have put Orson Welles for supporting in this movie. So would I. I would too. Um, and, and honestly, like, Joseph Cotton, I think, is an underrated... You know, we've seen him in a couple things now. Yeah. Uh, going back to Shadow of a Doubt, he's so good in Shadow of a Doubt. He's kind of like an underrated um, movie. He, I guess he he was a movie star, but also I think that he he was like dependable, you know. Yeah. And so people, he's somebody who goes under the radar because he's really good at what he does. Um, yep, yep. But the cinematography is gorgeous in The Third Man and uh, Carol Reed. Uh, we're we're not done with Carol Reed. Um, sure are. <laughs> he's coming back in the '60s <laughs> to win his Oscar. So um, sure <laughs> I can't uh, wait to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's a interesting Oscar win. If we do end up including Orson Welles in supporting actor, that makes for quite the stacked category. If we've got Orson Welles, uh, George Sanders, All About Eve, Eric von Stroheim, and Sunset Boulevard. Uh, you know, I think these are three. I'm all about George Sanders winning for this. I'm all about that. I am all about that, too. <laughs> I mean, like, we talked about George Sanders a little bit when we did Rebecca. Um, he has, and of course, he goes on to be Sheer Khan in The Jungle Book. Um, he has the silkiest voice. It's just like, it, it's the most interesting voice it's butter of anyone ever he is uh the initial narrator of all about eve his voice with those words just pulls you right into that movie yes it sucks you right in and i love his character too because he plays both sides he's not really a bad guy he's definitely not a good guy he looks out for him himself and that's it we'll talk more about the greatness of the female performances in this movie but um we cannot undercut how great george sanders is and all about eve 
Absolutely not. He's absolutely fantastic. He's so good. Oscar, well-deserved. I feel like when it comes down to the best picture race of 1950, it is between two movies, in my opinion. Oh, there's there's no... Literally no question about that. There's no question, right? It's all about Eve versus Sunset Boulevard. Now, I want to hear from you. Which one would you have voted for? Okay, let me start out by saying that even, like, we we said last week that this will probably be our number one Best Picture winner of the 1950s. If Sunset Boulevard had won, it would be the number one Best Picture winner of the 50s. These are two perfect movies, And it ultimately just comes down to taste. Yeah. I think, you know. And for me, like, it can be about mood, too. Like, where where I am on which one I prefer may just be down to what I'm feeling at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say All About Eve is my favorite of the two. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. These two movies... It really is a toss-up. And this is also, like, I think, you know, the the top game of both of these directors. I feel like All About Eve is definitely the top Minkowitz film. And I think Sunset Boulevard uh, arguably might be Billy Wilder's as well. They both won screenplay awards. They sure did. Because one was an original and one was an adaptation. And I'm uh, so happy about that. That feels right. So that, I'm glad that both, both Mankiewicz and... Um, and Billy Wilder, and Charles Brackett, yes. um, and D.M. Marshman Jr. Love uh, were awarded for their work. But All About Eve is more grounded. There is more grounded in reality than Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah. Uh, Sunset Boulevard is more of an extreme of of reality. So whereas Gloria Swanson's Norma Desmond is kind of this larger than life character, mm-hmm. I think that. That is, it's perfect. It exists in its world. I think that that is maybe a little bit easier to craft something that's bizarre than creating a larger-than-life character that is a real person. Sure, so, and I will I will piggyback off that with what you're which saying. Which Margaret, what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because we I think we addressed this a little bit earlier but these two movies are really about the same thing you know aging Aging. female actresses in hollywood Mm -hmm. and i think you're right i think all about eve is grounded more in reality than sunset boulevard is which it has this more of uh oh sort of a more depressing outlook on it (laughs) you know um which i think is what ties that film more into film noir as opposed to all about eve which is more of a backstage you know, um, theater, New York drama, you know? There's just something about All About Eve that... The, 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 I'll tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it is. Here's the okay. difference. This okay. is why All About Eve is superior. Two words. Okay. Betty Davis. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'll say, I haven't seen Born Yesterday yet, so I can't... I'm sure Judy Holliday is fantastic in the movie. Um, and And I don't... I mean, like, and she does, she wouldn't have an Oscar if not for this movie. So I don't necessarily want to take that away from her. True. Um, and I think that we all know that most people are going to focus in on Betty Davis and Gloria Swanson in this category. Betty Davis is also probably hindered by the fact that there's another a nominee from the same movie, Ann mm-hmm. Baxter, who is 
perfect as Eve. It's not yes. like that's the perfect role for her. Um, when she makes her shift, and there's a specific moment I want to talk about in Anne Baxter's performance that I absolutely love. First of all, real quick, All About Eve is about an aging actress named Margot <laughs> Channing who um, takes in a fan as her personal assistant. The fan's name is Eve, Eve Harrington. And uh, that assistant, whether unwittingly or on purpose, starts to kind of move in on her life. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, skip ahead if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, you should just stop everything and watch it right now. Best two and a half hours of your life. When we find out that Eve is a liar and has been um, playing everybody, there is a moment in the bathroom at a restaurant. Yeah. She's having a conversation with Celeste Holm whose character's name is Karen. Mm -hmm. Celeste Holmes also nominated, deservedly. (laughs) Very. Um, (laughs) And she almost brings Celeste Holmes back to her side. And she says something like, if there's anything I can do for you. And then Ann Bassett just looks up and it snaps. And she goes, there is something. Yes. And then Aunt back and Celeste Holm knows exactly what it is. She wants Margot's part. She's cornered and it's the way Anne Baxter's eyes shift. The way that her whole like she goes from this and you spend part of the movie thinking like is she she's being a little unnatural. She's being a little forced. Yes. But it's it's all part of her. She's performing. Yep. Whole movie. And then when she lets that down and she's real, it's like, oh, girl. It's a totally <laughs> different person. No, I completely agree with you. Yes, it's amazing. So I, I just want to say, like, she's absolutely great in the movie. And I don't have a problem with her being nominated, even if she maybe took some votes from Betty Davis. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, and Gloria Swanson, too. Um, I need to see Cage with Eleanor Parker because I will say I really like Eleanor Parker and um, everything that I see her in. I I think the Baroness gets a sh- gets the short end of the stick in The Sound of Music. Um, <laughs> yeah, she really does. <laughs> You're not really wrong. Does. Um, some little, like conniving nun moves in on her. We'll talk about that in 1965. Um, but uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard, which I mean, like, since we're talking about it, is about a, a down on his like writer who um, is running from creditors, basically, and ends up uh, being taken in by this silent film actress who has been living in the past for 20 years and um, is aging in her 50s. She still thinks she's the hot stuff and she wants to make her comeback um, and she thinks she's going to do it because she has a friendship with DeMille and who cameos as himself in the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, Gloria Swanson just plays this very sad, very tragic uh, character who um, is so lost in her own delusions that she has no grasp on reality. And she loses her slip on reality more and more as the movie goes on. Sure does. And, um, and it ends quite tragically. 
Um, but it also has one of the great closing lines of all time. Yeah. And she says, all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's amazing. Um, and it is. It is iconic. It is a perfect performance. Yes. Nobody else could have done what she does in that movie. And here's what I will say, because I, I have seen Born Yesterday. I, And I will say this. You know, we kind of talked about Jose Ferrer earlier with Cerno de Bergerac being a comedic performance. Born Yesterday is also far and away it's a it's a comedy you know mm-hmm. from the stage um it's just when you when you're comparing these roles margot channing norma desmond and then we have the uh, born yesterday it's just not the same do you mm-hmm. know what i mean and also i feel like in born yesterday her character is so defined by the men around her in the film that it just doesn't feel like a very fair movie like she's literally illiterate until William Holden like teaches her how to read so she can actually kind of come up against her husband who is using her to sign all of these deals he's making basically Mm -hmm. so I definitely feel that um, Betty Davis and Gloria Swanson definitely split the votes and I think Judy Holiday pulled ahead because of it like I mean I understand that Ann Baxter fought to be in the lead category Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she is a co-lead. There, I mean, like she Definitely. deserves to be in that category as well. Yep. I'm sure that further kind of divided some votes uh, because then voters for All About Eve might have split. I imagine most of them would have done Betty Davis over Ann Baxter, but you never but know. Not all of them, yeah. I can guarantee yeah. you there were definitely some who went Ann Baxter's way. Um, because I mean, and. There is, I mean, Ann Baxter is the crux of the movie. I mean, it makes sense. But what Betty Davis does with Margot Channing, it, it is one of the great performances. It's a masterclass. It is it's an unreal. Masterclass. It's um, And it, it, it is a real testament to how good she was. I mean, we've talked a lot about her because she's been nominated a bunch of times. Um, but in this movie... Which, by the way, she made this when she actually had hit a roadblock in her career. And she was in the process of getting a divorce. She was uh, she had left Warner Brothers um, because Warner Brothers, her last couple WB movies didn't make money. Um, she didn't like the roles they were offering her. Um, she had gone from being like the highest paid woman in America to being a has-been, basically. Mm-hmm. And Claudette Colbert was set to take the role of Mar- Margot Channing in this movie. And then she hurt her back. <laughs> Couldn't do the movie. And Joseph Makowitz scrambled. Someone suggested Betty Davis. He called her. Um, apparently, uh, I believe the director, Irving Rapper, who did uh, Now Voyager, mm-hmm. said something like, don't hire her she will bring a legal pad to set and make notes and then she will direct the movie Mm. um (laughs) like gave all these warnings joseph megowitz didn't have that experience because big secret about betty davis is that when she trusts the director she lets him do his thing exactly she needed this part she read it she took it she came in and like with literally a week to go 
and no preparation. She had laryngitis and um and Billy Wilder was like, you know what? Keep it. I like this raspy quality to your voice. Yeah. Um in this in this movie. I think she maybe had laryngitis so much because she smoked so much, but anyway. Um definitely could contribute. Um and she comes in and like she she isn't necessarily playing herself. Um right. She's maybe playing something that hues a little bit closer to um a Joan Crawford. Yes. Well she modeled it after Tallulah Bankhead. Uh, Tallulah Bankhead. Definitely yes. has that Tallulah Bankhead haircut. Yeah, you know. <laughs> very uh, like diva, you know, uh, stage actress of the 1930s yes. is kind of what she was going for. Yes, and most people say that in her normal everyday life, she was a little bit more Yankee. You know, <laughs> sure, yes, is diva, but um, but there is such an honesty to a character that she infuses with all these larger than life qualities. But it's real. There's humanity to it. It is. It's such a layered performance. It is. It's. It's remarkable, honestly. And, you know, if we're talking Betty Davis performances, I really feel like this stands on its own. I feel like when people think of Betty Davis, they see her in this movie. You know, the image that they get in their head is of is Margot Channing. You know, they're really kind of they become synonymous. And I honestly think it is you know obviously we're looking back and we can kind of have this different thought about it but i think it's so tragic that this was not her third oscar you know what i mean it just i mean everything fell into place for this to be that third oscar for her it should have been more so than in 1962 when she was up again for baby jane you know everyone thought this is your moment now no, I really think this was her moment. And it just like hurts. And my in 1962, heart. when we get to 1962, I mean, like, she, it, she in that case loses against something that's a pretty big heavy hitter. It's not Absolutely. like, she, you know. Um, and so it, it's, I think the unfortunate thing in this year is that she just happened to be, it's two of the most iconic performances of all time. Yeah. Just happened to be butted up against each other. Absolutely, because it also hurts my heart that Gloria Swanson didn't win for Norman Desmond in Sunset Boulevard either, because that is an equally iconic performance. And you a know? huge, huge comeback from somebody who huge. had not been relevant for 20 years. You know? And especially what I love about... She was. Totally. What I love about Sunset Boulevard, too, and the relationship between... Um, Gloria Swanson as Norma Desmond, and also her butler, if you will, in the film. I guess butler? I don't know. Technically, he's her ex-husband, who stayed on to help her out, but played by Eric von Stroheim, who got a supporting actor nomination for this film. And what I love about that relationship is that during this silent film era of the 1920s, when Eric um, von Stroheim was a director, he directed Gloria Swanson in a lot of yes. her early silent roles. And there's a scene in the movie where Gloria Swanson kind of forces William Holden to sit down and watch one of her old movies in the film. 
it's an actual silent film with Gloria Swanson, which was directed by Eric von Stroheim back in the 1920s. I just think that's so cool. What a fun piece of, you know, film history in the movie about film history. I just think that's really, really cool. And what a great shot that leads to, too, because it's that when she has her, she stands up and mm-hmm. she talks about how great she was and how great it could be. Mm-hmm. And she, I forget what the exact line is, but she stands up and she holds her hand up. And it's one of the iconic images of film as the projector goes across her face and she holds up her hand and she just looks like this mythical mm-hmm. creature. Yeah, yeah I mean, so any bad. other year besides 1949, I, I would <laughs> give. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Besides, like, 1949, 1982, um, I would give uh, Gloria Swanson this award, but Betty Davis is there. And it's kind of like Sunset Boulevard's your best picture, but all about Eve's there. You know, it's like... It's really crazy. I know, this is just one of those years where it has two of my favorite movies of all time, you know? And it just... And you get in, we're like, we're discussing minutiae to try to decide which one's better. It's like, because you have a movie, I mean, let's look at the terms of Oscar pedigree as well. Sunset Boulevard, another movie to be nominated in every single acting category. That doesn't happen a whole lot. And while you've had more acting nominations, it did not in every category, but it had, yeah, five nominations. Because because it, it only had. It had five, right? Yep, and, five. Um, and it had two, an actress and two in supporting actress. Yep. And then one not supporting an actor, one in, and then one in supporting actor who won. Yep. Um, Thelma Ritter's nominations, interesting. You know what I love about that, though? Um, Joseph Mankiewicz actually wrote that part for her. Because oh, she's he, great. She's so great. But she's he saw her. I'm trying to think of what movie he saw her in now that made... She's him. in Europe on 34th Street. Is uh, it that? No, I don't think it is. It's a different movie. I can't remember now. I read it a while back. But he saw her in a movie back in the 40s and wrote this part for her. And I think it's I mean, she's great. great. She just kind of disappears in the second half of the movie. She does. You know? Yeah. She's got um, no nonsense, like, uh, attendant to Betty Davis. Like um, maid, basically. Yes, her maid, basically, who is on to... Eve from the very from the beginning. Very start. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny Go to ahead. me that she gets a nomination for this, but nobody nominated her. She didn't get nominated for like Rear Window, where she. I know, right? It's literally. I, it's but it's she like in the whole nominated, movie. She is nominated for Pillow Talk, where she's just kind of a comedic relief for 10, 15 minutes of the film. You know, it's yeah. Her, like, well, that's also maybe people not taking Hitchcock movies seriously. Especially know? in terms of yeah. acting nominations. Yeah. And I, I and Celeste Holm has the other. Celeste Holmes in supporting as well. Yes. Uh, she already has an Oscar, so she doesn't need another one. But, I mean, she is... She's kind of like the moral one of that movie. Yep. She's like the moral center of the film, you yes. know? Yep, she always um, tries to do what's right. Yes, very soft-spoken. She still makes mistakes. That's what I like about it, you know? Me too. And if I... I mean, if I were making... <laughs> if, if I were in charge, this would be... Celeste Holmes Oscar win for me and not Gentleman's Agreement. I she's much she has much more to do in this movie than she does yes. in Gentleman's Agreement. It's you know? so good. I love her in this movie. I mean, like, I just love um I, I I love how every character is so complex in in this movie. Um because 
I mentioned like she's like the moral center of the film, and then she pulls that trick that gives um, Eve her big break on Broadway by making the car run out of gas. Yep. Um, so that uh, so that Margot can't get to the performance, and um, which by the way they never even like Margot doesn't find out about that ever. <laughs> Probably you know? for the best. Which is for the best, but also, like, it's like we don't need her to. You know, like, this isn't, we don't exactly. have to go through that. There's yep. no, we don't make unnecessary drama in this movie. We keep it centered. And um, and that ends up being, like, that's a mistake. Because she's she's being, she's the one who is the moral center, but she's also the one who is most taken in by exactly. Eve's antics. And is the last one to realize how awful she is. She's the yeah. most vulnerable, absolutely. And I yeah. think Eve knows that, which is why Eve goes to her. Yes. Um, to and get the most And she uses her to get to Margot. She... 100% she, she uh, No one would ever notice Eve if not for uh, Karen. She she's brings her in. Karen. You're right. She is. She's the original Karen. Karen. It is. The script is just delicious. The script, And the script, I will say, frequently shows up on, you know, a lot of publications lists best. of best yeah. screenplays of all time it's frequently number one or number two uh and i would totally agree with that you know what yeah let's i'm gonna throw it out there all about eve for me should and i'm glad it did reign supreme even over sunset boulevard i would watch i would take all about eve before sunset boulevard and um might we also say what's interesting is both sunset boulevard and all about eve were among we're in the first batch of 50 films selected for the National Film Registry. Yes. So I think that this, and they're both, they're both in the AFI top 100 movies. Mm-hmm. Um, All About Eve was ranked 28 in 2007. It was 16 in 2000, in 1998, so it dropped a little bit. Um, Sunset Boulevard was... 16 in 2007 it was 12 in 1998 i mean like those are not far away from each other on the list they think boulevard slightly better whatever um (laughs) what have you whatever whatever you want to believe uh but it's just like um there's been a, a continual debate everybody thinks these are perfect movies what people think is better is really just a personal choice situation um my personal favorite line in All About Eve is right towards the end when uh, Betty Davis, which, by the way, we should say the most famous line for the movie is fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night, which bumpy night. moment where that happens, it leads up to the line. It is perfect. Oh, but so I love Betty's line at the end of the movie. I think it's her last line in the film when she congratulates Eve and she says, and don't worry too much about your heart. You can always put that award where your heart ought to be. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I'll tell you, my favorite line is, I think it's at the party too, uh, but it's after kind of Eve is starting to move in on Bill, who is Margot's boyfriend. And Bill is being very kind to Eve, and Margot's starting to get a little tired of Eve. And, to and his credit, he never is taken in by Eve. I correct. do really like that about that character. Anyway. I agree. Yeah, yeah but he asks, he's... He's asking Eve what she wants to drink, and uh, Margot looks up and says, "A milkshake." Just the way she says it. There's just oh, there's oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love that line. It's so good. Uh, 
And during the course of filming All About Eve, uh, Gary Merrill, who plays her, uh, her plays her boyfriend Bill, they, uh, she, and he, even though he was eight years younger than Betty Davis, as he is said to be in the film, um, he and Betty Davis fell in love and uh, got married, and that was her longest marriage at ten years. <laughs> Go Betty! And she had a Go famous Betty. line too of saying that he fell. In love with Margot, but he went home with Betty Davis. Yeah, and that is where uh, she wasn't Margot, and that's where exactly. the also they did name they adopted Betty Davis had one daughter who infamously wrote a tell-all in the eighties uh, because she did also adopt two children with Gary Merrill. She couldn't have any more children of her own, um, so she adopted two, one of whom ended up being uh, mentally handicapped. And that was the one they named Margot mm-hmm. um, after the character in the movie. Um, and then she had a son with him named Michael. And Michael's the one who's been instrumental in preserving his mother's legacy all these years. And is like the head of the Betty Davis Foundation that gives scholarships to aspiring actresses and actors. And um, so uh, uh, Michael Merrill is his name. Yes. And uh, for all... It's seeming all purposes. He seems like he's quite normal. So I, <laughs> well, I'm going to credit that to Betty, you know. So 1950, probably, oh gosh, one of one of the the more stacked years in the Academy's oh, history. That's based uh, on two movies alone. Exactly, which I can't recommend enough. Please go out and watch All About Eve. Please watch Sunset Boulevard. They're so entertaining, and they're both so watchable and rewatchable. Every time I watch All About Eve, I pick up on a different line I might have not heard before or I heard it differently. Shake. A milkshake. There's just so many lines that she says. It's it's so so good. Bill's thirty two. He looks thirty two. He looked at eight years ago, he'll look at eight years from now. I hate men. (laughs) I hate (laughs) men. Oh, it's so good. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, you know, yep, I've decided I am content with the Academy's decision. All About Eve is supreme in my mind as oh, well. Oh, and All About Eve also has a record. We shouldn't forget that. Oh. Um, they have the uh, tied with two other movies for the most nominations. Yes, with 14, right? 14. And Edith Head wins another one of her costume design. <laughs> of course. Let's see, that's tied with... Um, La La Land got 14 and didn't Titanic? Is that the other one? That is no. correct, Sam. Is it really? It's correct. Yes, you are correct. Am I right? I knew it. <laughs> I love being right. <laughs> La La Land. La La Land. It's the only one of those three movies with the most nominations not to win Best Picture, despite Faye Dunaway's efforts. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to write her own form of history. Well, Rance, what a way to kick off the 1950s. What are we getting into next week? <laughs> oh, we are we're moving to the song and dance man Gene Kelly. But he's Absolutely. not in America. He's in Paris. He's in Paris. This will be <laughs> one of the more, in my opinion, controversial um, Academy Award winner for Best Picture. There's we'll get into that you next really week. like from that year, isn't there? What's that? There's another movie you really like from that year, isn't there? There's a couple of other movies I really like from that year, and it's Ooh. not the one that won Best Picture. Oh, no. Um, so we'll have more to say about uh, An American in Paris next week. 